Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. All right, welcome to Noise Filter. This is Dr. Mark Allendary. Doc Griggs is not able to be with us today. So let's go ahead and get started. India's COVID cases have plummeted and researchers aren't sure why. So in the early fall, India was seeing as many as 100,000 new cases of COVID a day. The crisis sent the country into a recession like it's never seen before. In October, researchers expected another spike as people gathered for the Hindu festivals. But the opposite occurred. Right around this time, daily COVID cases in the nation began dropping significantly. Now, only a few months later, the country reports about 10,000 new cases a day. Researchers aren't sure what the country may have done to do so well, and they're examining the nation's public health and cultural practices to see if it could be mimicked abroad. India does have a strict mask mandate. Police do hand out 200 rupee fines for those who violate the rule. It's about equivalent of $2.75. The country also prioritizes awareness, replacing the dial tones on phone calls with a message encouraging masking and hand washing by government officials and celebrities. India also has a hot and humid climate. While some researchers say otherwise, there is evidence to claim that this may reduce the spread of COVID. In a survey at the Punjab State, Georgetown University researchers found that three-quarters of patients did not infect any other person. 10% of cases accounted for 80% of infections, and the researchers are unsure whether this is related to climate or not. India is also a very young population. More than half the population is under 25 and less likely to be symptomatic when infected. Those in the nation who are elderly and at highest risk tend to be financially secure and have overall better health. Lack of racial data and COVID-19 vaccines are a huge barrier to distribution. Now, according to the USA Today, health equity researchers say that a lack of racial data about COVID-19 is hindering vaccination rollout transparency, and the data deficit is hurting those that are most vulnerable. So far, only 16 states are releasing vaccination counts by race and ethnicity, and even that data is incomplete. Oh, come on. Because the data that does exist doesn't consistently include zip codes, it's difficult to know which residents of specific neighborhoods are getting the shots or not. Isolated communities such as rural and low-income sections of urban cities are especially vulnerable. In fact, a doctor from the We Must Count Coalition, a team of health equity leaders, say if you don't actually disaggregate the data and see where the people are, you will then have people who die who should not be dying. The first figures from 16 states that are sharing race and ethnicity data are already raising concerns, according to a recent report by the Kaiser Family Foundation. The analysis shows that in the Hispanic population, the number of cases and deaths from the coronavirus is higher than the number of vaccinations they've received in all 16 states. And the same can be said for black people, too. Black people contracted coronavirus at higher rates 
than they received the vaccine in all 16 states and had a higher number of deaths in 15 out of those 16 states. Now, sadly, data on American Indians, Alaska Natives, and Pacifica Islanders is missing entirely. Ay, 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 ay. Abigail Echo Hawk, who's the chief research officer of the Seattle Indian Health Board and a member of the We Must Count Coalition, is especially concerned for the Native American population. She says, we are losing our language speakers. We are losing our elders who carry the stories and the songs. The other place where they're being lost is the data, because they're not being captured by their race and ethnicity correctly within the data. Either they go to the hospital systems when they're diagnosed with COVID, and then that's where they die. So, now there does seem to be some hope on the horizon. The Biden administration has created a COVID-19 health equity task force that promises an expansion of equity data collection. Task Force Chair Dr. Marcella Nunez-Smith said in a recent White House briefing, as of January 30th, we're missing 47% of race and ethnicity data on vaccinations. But let's be clear here. We cannot ensure fair vaccination program without data to guide us, but we are worried about how behind we are, and we must address these insufficient data points as an urgent priority, and we need to do that ASAP. So we'll continue to follow this story. Vaccination Startup Scandal. In an NPR report, we learn about a group of college students looking to help with the pandemic. They began using their technical skills to make face shields and organizing a nonprofit called Philly Fighting COVID to open a testing site in a neighborhood without one. Their leader, Andre Dorishin, wanted to expand vaccination for the city. His marketing plan involving vaccinating local celebrities to persuade their fans to do the same. Okay, fine. I do that to a certain degree with things here in New Orleans. And Dorsha wanted to build five mass sites and 20 smaller ones throughout the city, potentially vaccinating up to 1.5 million people. He also explained that his nonprofit could bill insurance companies for administering the vaccine. So Dorshan ended up making an informal deal with the Philadelphia Department of Public Health and registering his nonprofit as a vaccine provider with the CDC. They did not receive funds, but received unofficial sanction, publicity, and part of the city's vaccine allotment. The mayor was hopeful that this would tackle the inequity in vaccine distribution and that this nonprofit would diversify the vaccinated. But it did not. After the first vaccine event, the nonprofit allegedly lost all racial and ethnic data for patients blaming a glitch in their system. So WHYY reporters began investigating the organization and found that the group's logistics and promotion were actually not working. In December, they actually became a for-profit company, and other groups partnering with the group claimed to receive little or no notice for testing events, which hurt communities of color. In fact, at one point, the leader made a statement that he did not think testing was relevant anymore. Huh. Okay. Uh, and he made it clear he was not concerned with standard clinical protocols, ignoring technical questions about the vaccines. The organization also had scheduling issues. Anyone could sign up to be vaccinated, even if they weren't eligible. Many of their doses were canceled then upon arrival. Seniors were turned away because of booking errors. In fact, one volunteer said that the staffers told volunteers to call anyone to get the shot before they opened and saw Dorshan take a handful of vaccines and record cards with him in his bag, although Dorshan admitted to vaccinating just his girlfriend but nobody else. <sighs> 
A few weeks later, the city's having nothing to do with this organization, causing confusion for many thousands of Philadelphians, and many were now worried about their personal medical information, especially since the company's new private policy allowed for them to sell patient data. What? The city had options for other partners, including the four major health systems, and the health commissioner claims that he should have been more careful. Yeah, I would imagine. And now several state lawmakers are calling for his resignation. Look, at this is a little bit of a, of a blame. Uh, I don't think the health commissioner needs to, to take the hit here. Certainly, this uh, group of college students started off with a very good idea uh, and wanted to do something with the pandemic. Then, of course, once they started to get a little bit more influence, uh, and then they became a a for-profit entity without really telling anybody. That's where everything really kind of went wrong here. And the bottom line is that these vaccines and vaccine distribution is not a game, and we need to get everybody vaccinated as soon as possible, and we definitely need to do it in the most equitable way possible. Just as a reminder, that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs? Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to noisefiltershow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home, and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.